and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name's Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and tonight I am here with Alan Watts. Hi Alan, how are you? I'm very good, thank you and thank you for having me here. No, it's my pleasure, it's my pleasure. So Alan, what's your business called and what do you do? Uh, well, my business, I am uh, the love engineer. Ooh, I love, I love what most people say. Yeah, they I tend to get asked two questions a lot, um, one of which is, what the heck is a love engineer? And two, where the hell are you? Um, no, I'm not in a tent. This is actually my green screen, but uh, for some reason, Zoom doesn't like me to use it, whereas some of the competition does. But there we go. Where I actually am is in a camper van. Not that you can tell right now. And oh, I've just bought a camper van. What I know, I've seen it all over Facebook. Oh, I've got a Mercedes Sprinter, um, pretty much the biggest one you can get. Started off as literally a van, now it's a three bedroom house. Oh, of course, Alan, it's you. I didn't realize it was you. <laughs> oh, okay. So, for every, anyone who is like, you know, thinking, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> I am obsessed with camper vans and I talk to Alan a lot about camper vans and I had no idea it was you. Oh, my God. So, you live in your camper van as well, don't you? I do, yes. That is amazing. Right, we'll get on to that, but let's let's talk about, let's talk about <laughs> business because I would spend the whole time talking about camper fans. So let's, how, like, one, like, let's start, what, wow, wow, how did you get into this? What is it you do? Like, fill me in with all of the details. Okay, how did I get into it? Um, partly through my um, interesting dating career, shall we say. Um, though... I tend, I get called love engineer, love guru, love God, love doctor and expert and all this stuff. Um, it's not always been that way though. A few years ago, I was pretty much kneeling on the floor of my family home, bawling my eyes out because my marriage had collapsed. The relationship I had after the marriage had collapsed and um, I felt like a broken man and it's like, now what? I was very, very close to running away to New Zealand, but I couldn't do that. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But one of the questions I asked myself at that time is, how the heck did I end up in this mess? Was it because I grew up on a farm with very little connection with people? Or was it down to um, being too scared of people from hearing, oh, don't talk to strangers. Little children should be seen and not heard. Was it because there was something wrong with me? All these things went through my mind up until that day. And as I mentioned, I was contemplating running away from New Zealand, trying to get away from all of my problems. But I actually did that a few years before, and all my problems came with me. And... For some reason, I decided to put on some music, change my state, kind of get myself a little bit closer to uh, Australia. So I put on some CDs that I was gifted while I was there. And the one song really hit me. It was uh, by a guy called Mike Tramp. And the song's about after his band collapsed, and it's like, you can take my money, you can take my house, but you can't take my rock and roll. And as a big music fan and guitar player, kind of really related so I put on one of his other CDs and on there there's this one track which pretty much says um, 
is this kid better off now that his father is dead and his mother was never never what a mother should be? And I thought, damn, is he singing about my kids in the future? It's like, there's no way I can um, run away from this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but everything is going to change. So that started me on a very interesting journey, roller coaster ride of self-discovery, understanding other people, understanding women, understanding the differences between men and women. And um, along with other things like why the nice guys don't get the girls and why they always go for the bad boys, all that stuff. I did, I don't know how many seminars read thousands of books over the years and just kept, I was like a sponge. I just kept absorbing more and more and more. But even then I still had relationships that were not the way I wanted them to be. But what I did notice is every time I moved on to another relationship, they got better and better and better as I got better within myself and how I approached my relationships got better. The quality of the relationships got better. And so now what I do is I teach and coach people going through what I've been through with what I've learned. So Have how you... do you do that coaching? Is it kind of a one-to-one -one thing or a group program? Like I, I do both. My preference is one-to-one -one because um, with the nature of what it is, sometimes it can be challenging to open up in front of other people especially for men yeah i can see that i um i also went through a marriage breakup seven and a half years ago now and i can completely empathize with you know first of all the whole not even knowing how to date again like I, I'd been in a relationship with my husband first husband for well we'd known each other since we were 14 like it was just there was and there wasn't there was I mean there was such a thing as online dating but there was no such thing as online dating how how there was you know when we broke up and I started dating probably six years ago um now and it was just a completely different world and I just knew nothing about it and the only way I knew how to date was to meet someone in a bar and I also didn't realize how much that had changed because I was no longer that like you know little 17 18 year old girl I was a woman and so grown men drunk dribbling all over me just didn't have the same appeal oddly enough as it did when I was 17 and 18 and thought oh my god that's real love you know it just <laughs> was disgusting and gross so I, I can imagine what it must be like you know for you in the industry now saying to people like your feelings are completely normal because yeah. nobody speaks about that like nobody speaks about all all I ever had was the people who'd been in relationships forever who didn't have to go through the online dating thing going oh I don't know if I could do online dating and then the people who were in online dating going there is no alternative and it's awful so to have somebody who kind of teaches you you know that your feelings are are valid and teaches you how to have feel I mean I presume you, you go on the more self-worth of not trying to you know fill that void of your life with another person very is much what so. you kind of the route you go down 
Yeah, cause, um, it can be a tricky thing to explain what I do sometimes. Um, and one analogy I sometimes use is that we have this really high ideal partner that we want to attract. And if you imagine that as being like a Ferrari Testarossa, if you walk into a Ferrari That's showroom... never going to get me anywhere. Let's with go down a Fiat budget, <laughs> you're not going to do business. You might get a test drive, but there's nothing long-term unless you grow up, grow that budget to match. So all too often, we have our ideal partner or camper van or whatever it is up here, and we're down here. So we have to grow up. But... Do you think there are? Do you think that analogy works for people though? Because the person who you visualize as being up here usually isn't in some aspect of their life. Yeah. But the point of it is really is we need to look inside ourselves. We look outside for the solution, outside for the partner, outside for a different partner that was different to the one we had before that hurt us but we don't actually look inside to what it is about us that's causing us to attract these people that are not a very good match. And do you think it is always within the person that's, that, as to why they're attracting the wrong type of person? It's There's a lot of different things that can affect it. One is energy vibration. If we're vibrating on a low frequency, we're going to attract somebody on a low frequency. It's so that's what like I would a, call low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit like um, the TV stations. You, if you tuned into BBC One here, that's great. Two, three, four, five, and all the Sky Channels, they're always there. But unless you tune into that frequency, you're not going to find them. Yeah. And that's the, the biggest challenge is incre increasing our frequency to match that which we would like to attract. So what stage do people come to you then? When is it that they kind of reach out and say, I need help? Uh, most of them have been through a marriage and a divorce. And it's like, now what? I, I still want love. I want to be loved. I want to give love but I don't want that repeating itself ever again. And also like with you, your experience, the dating world changes as you get older. Now it's more technological and they've got all these different apps like swipe left if I'm pretty and swipe right if I'm not or whatever it is. But to get a quality relationship for me, it takes so much more than just a photograph. And it's too easy to go by that rather than um, read the blurb that goes with it. Yeah. But we... what, what is the alternative these days, though? Well, at the moment, when we're all oh, pretty much whole countries locked down, we're, we're all a bit limited, really. But even before, it felt very much like the chances of meeting somebody in face-to-face -face situation were way more limited it as a 35 40 year old woman than they were on an app I mean the benefits for me were that I 
had a had a discussion, had a chat with a sober, keen man, as opposed to a ten pints in stumbling wreck. Yeah, which was you know definitely not something that was ever going to appeal to me. But the app is soulless, and it's based on whether or not you've picked the right picture. And for me. Yeah. You know, you're only going to get that person when we're leaving the hat. Like when you're with me in a relationship, you're going to get the food down the front, hair tied back, no makeup on. Yeah. But they're not the pictures that you're going to see on apps. So it it's based on a lie. Yeah, because for me, a lot of it is it's it's just marketing. Because mm. it's yeah, it really is actually. Put, if you're going to put a dating profile together on then i say put the good the bad and the ugly because that's what they're going to get and if you look at business marketing there's um i'm not going to mention the name but there's a rather large um, soft drinks company who pretty much their marketing is fantastic drink this you'll look cool you'll feel great people are going to love you what they don't tell you is you'll be a sugar addict, your teeth are going to be knackered, your guts are going to, going to be rotted out, and you're going Welcome to get to diabetes. That too. So although the marketing is great, the product doesn't line up. And then you've got the pharmaceutical companies that say, say um, oh, if you take this product, you might have all these side effects, and they're not particularly pleasant, but by law, we've got to tell you anyway. I do like reading so, the side effects of tablets. They are fun. Yeah. So when we put these things that go against our outcome on a dating profile, yes, it's going to put off a lot of people. It's going to put off the people that are not a match for you. And the ones that are going to be interested and aligned are not going to be put off. You, you say that, but if my husband had a put pictures of the good the bad and the ugly like the flock of seagulls hair that he's currently supporting the ginger mullet and the you know walking around in pj bottoms and stuff like that i don't think we'd have ever matched the same as if i'd have had my hair tied back and wearing you know different two different sets of pjs for a year i'm not sure we'd have matched however we very quickly got into a routine of being very honest with each other which then went from the whole marketing fake to transparency really quickly but i don't think we would have matched though yeah i was saying only put the bad and the ugly yeah by all oh, means no, no, put, no, no, put no, the no, initial yeah. photograph as yeah this, this is this is what this i look like with my wall paint on <laughs> Yeah, no, I get that. So how do people come to you then? Where do they find you? Uh, social media and networking, pretty much. Cool. So, all, so what's your social media handles? Um, the official, uh, at official love engineer on Facebook, or Alan Watts, quite simply. Um, Why the love engineer? Uh, <laughs> that comes from a spiritual retreat I did uh, two or three years ago. And one of the facilitators asked over breakfast, um, so what is it you do? And I thought, how shall I answer this one? This is going to be fun. <laughs> and um, I said, well, for the last sort of 
20 odd years I've been a truck engineer, but now I'm learning to be a relationship coach. He said, just sat there and looked up at the sky and I'm thinking, oh God, what the fuck have I said now? Here comes a nut nut, yeah. Yeah. And he just sat. Then he kind of came back into his body and says, uh, oh, from truck engineer to love engineer. I like that. And I thought, I'm stealing that one. <laughs> yeah, that's getting kept. Yeah, I did a, I did a, um, a podcast with a lady in the beauty industry um, recently. So I negotiate leases for salon owners. Yeah. And um, she said to me, oh, Denise, she's, she's the lease fixer. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she was like, well, you're the lease fixer. And I was like, lease fixer. So I could attach that to all of my little things. Hashtag lease fixer. I'm like, cheers, Layla. Because <laughs> when you hear things, you think, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that kind of gets to the point. That's great. Right. So enough of the whole business thing. What, right. First of all, let's, let's transition quite smoothly. How do you run your business while living in a camper? Um, with a laptop. Yeah. It's so quite many Zoom, Facebook, LinkedIn to a point because I'm on there. I just don't go there very often. Um, and yeah, video calls. It's really is as simple as that. If so I'm in an area and the client's in an area and there's no lockdown shit going on, then I'm yeah. more than happy to do face-to-face stuff. But the with this, my client can be in Australia or America and I can be here. As yeah. long as they speak English, I can work with them. Yeah, yeah, because I can't fucking speak any languages. So wh- where do you base yourself or do you travel around more? I mean, I know lockdown and everything, but outside <laughs> of lockdown, do you, do you move around? I do not as much as I would have liked to because um, I only really, well, I still haven't finished my van yet, but um, really? I kind of got to, got to the point where it was fairly livable. Um, and I went down to end up working down as an engineer for three months down in Plymouth on um, Her Majesty's frigates and the other side of all the security stuff. And that that's an eye opener. <laughs> yeah. Like when the cameras are on and when the management are there, yeah, there's the, all the health and safety. And then once the management are gone, yeah, now let's do it properly. And, um, there's so much money gets wasted. It's unreal, but I'm not allowed to say that. No, I'm not, because I couldn't <laughs> possibly discuss any of the government contracts that I've worked on where I just literally yeah. want to bang my head against brick wall, and then they yeah. wonder why the NHS is going to shit. But that's a totally different podcast. It would indeed. We'll put the soapboxes yeah. away. <laughs> Momentarily. Anyway, <laughs> so... Like, do you do you, so? Do you regularly have electricity, or are you solar panels up? Like, how does it work? I, how I've do you got, manage to um, charge everything up? Well, I've got two truck batteries in the back under my bed. I've got um, uh, was it four, five hundred watts of solar panels on the roof? Um, this is genuinely and, like porn to me. And uh, dual system charger running off the engine as well. So, plus, if I really need to, I can plug into the electric, which sometimes happens in the winter because yes. yeah. no sun yeah yeah <laughs> an hour of sort of sunlight yeah exactly. yeah it'd be great great in australia but in england yeah it's yeah. Uh, that's a summertime thing <laughs> so how does it work with the kids and stuff like that are you local do you get to still see them loads um well i tend to um i 
well, pretty much I have them every weekend, really. So above me there is the top bunk that folds down. This seat I'm on and the one opposite folds down. Then behind there, another bed fold, folds out. And um, the only fi permanently fixed bed is mine because, well, I'm in it every one night. So what's the point in putting it away? Oh, getting it out yeah, mine isn't permanently out. fixed, sadly. Sorry. But one day, <laughs> one day it will be. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you decide to go for the fan life then? Um, I was working down in Hemel Hempstead for a while. And ah, I'm not far. So I was stay, staying down there. It was originally a two-week contract. So it's like, okay, um, don't want to come up, up and down from the Midlands every day, uh, either side of a 12-hour shift. So I'll be and be it for a couple of weeks. But that turned into about a six-month contract. It's like, mortgage plus b and b plus child support there's no point doing it it's like okay what what are the other options campsite up the road 10 quid a night boom sorted so i camped out for um pretty much all of the summer and what nice. i found was when i came back on on the friday walked through the front door and my energy level just goes hmm, hang on a minute what's happened there then First week, second week, third week, the house is on the market. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting you say that because I, so I had a day when I've got two daughters and because we're, me and my ex-husband are separated, they, they travel together between different houses and, and they both moan about not having kind of one-on-one -on -one time with us. And even though me and my ex-husband get on very well and it just happens that they never are kind of separate. Yeah, And I had my youngest daughter the other day and we went out for the day. It was just me and her, which re very rarely happens now. And we, we went out and we were at a coffee shop and everything. We were having a great time. We went for a big drive in the camper van and everything. We were having a really good giggle and everything. And we were talking about rich house, poor house. And obviously we're really lucky we've got, you know, everything we'd ever want. But we were saying how interesting it would be as to whether or not we'd be the rich house, depending on who. Have you seen the TV program, Rich House, Poor House? Basically, uh, no, I don't have a TV. Ah, so basically, <laughs> a rich family spots with a poor family, yeah. and they do everything that they would normally do. And we were saying, you know, how interesting it would be whether or not, depending on whose life it was, we could be the rich house or the poor house. That would be interesting. And they've got an, uh, they've started another show called Rich Holiday, Poor Holiday. And then we were, <laughs> me and my youngest daughter, Ethel, were saying that that would be absolutely hilarious because regardless of whether or not we were rich family or poor family they could they would either go on a super yacht for a weekend or camping in a field because we do all of those things and for me people never ever get it like i've got friends from all walks of life and none of them ever understand why i love camping so much because i just relax there like I cannot relax anywhere else and it's not that I'm necessarily the biggest outdoorsy girl like I love walking so I'll walk anywhere but it's peace that I just cannot describe it's effortless peace I mean setting up's not the funnest thing in the whole entire world but after that I am in my element and I adore it I mean, the camper van's going to be amazing now too, so I can go loads of different places. But it's just a feeling I cannot describe, and it sounds like you're exactly the same. Yes, for me, it's 
well, when when you're sleeping on the floor in a tent, you've got not just your feet that are grounding out, your whole body is grounded to the earth. You're as close to nature as you are ever going to get without being buried. Yeah, don't do that. No. Not not until it's your time, if that's what you want to do, your choice. But it's like when I was in Australia walking around bare feet. Yeah. Well, to start with, I didn't want to do it. And then... Um, so are you talking while, about like hands sort of area? I pretty much... Well, I started in Brisbane because my mate says, oh, if you start in Brisbane, I'll come with you. Which... To be fair, he did. He went out to Brisbane, started there four years after I've got back. He's still there. No, he's he's back now. So um, I started in Brisbane, went all up to Cape Tribulation, all that side, across to Alice Springs, over to Perth, then Sydney, then around New Zealand, back to Sydney. Sydney's less of a shoes-off type of area. Yeah. And (laughs) then when I was in Tasmania... And I was like, I, I'd got used to it but and enjoyed it, but I couldn't work out why. I was working with a guy called Steve, um, well, also known as Mad Dog now. but uh, And uh, he was always barefoot as well. And I said, well, why is that? He said, well, if you think about it, you're always walking on uneven ground, barefoot. You're getting permanent free reflexology. Ah, I never thought of that. Yeah, I used to, so I, I, I'm a runner, although I'm injured at the minute. I haven't ran since like the 2nd of January or something like that, which actually I'm coping with a lot better than I thought I would. But I used to and haven't for a long time. And you saying this makes me want to do it again. I used to do barefoot running a lot. I mean, I had the barefoot trainers, like it, it wasn't completely, you know, free running, but but the feeling so much different than wet than trainer running because you like you said that the natural flow it was so much better for your feet and it's probably the reason that my I've hurt my foot so much and I can't run at the minute but it was so much better for your feet and I used to follow a lot of the barefoot runner like um websites and things like that and read a lot of their blogs and the natural like development of your foot from that that pattern was just amazing and like you said you know it did it was so relaxing for your foot and the the, the feeling of being next to yeah. the ground for you was amazing yes we're not designed to have be wearing shoes and sunglasses and no i mean my trainers like stuff. now i've got cushion like that you know it can't be it can't be natural it isn't natural <laughs> yeah we know that already <laughs> but yeah but we still so, wear them <laughs> i know yeah well anything that makes me be able to walk because i got i'm stupid and i get because i love running so much and it's my kind of what peaceful you know um meditating way of getting out of the world i you know i went to the physio and said doesn't matter what you say i'm going to continue running and by the end of it i'd managed to um decimate like i've completely destroyed the ligaments in both ankles and nerve damage and muscle damage in both of my feet oops so i've yeah, I'm listening to the physio now and I'm not pretending that I know what I'm doing because I clearly <laughs> did not know what I was doing. But I was just, you know, when you've got something that kind of does de-stress you and it's your way of life and you think, I don't want to get rid of it and then it was taken away from me and I've actually been fine, so I should have just listened to him in the first place, but that's fine. Yeah, I used to play yes. electric guitar until my fingers literally bled. Oh, really? 
And now you don't do that because you're sensible. I kind of stopped just before. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Plus, I, I kind of have a business. I've got to, got to run and children's. I've got children I have to deal with. And I didn't have that when I was 15. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't have kids when I was 15. Yes, very wise. Um, so back to your business. Where is it going to go in the future? What's the big plan? Are there big plans? Um. Well, I've written one book already. Um, I've got ideas of uh, other books. I'm also considering different kinds of retreats and, um, yeah, it's all sorts of uh, stuff. So one last time, if someone needs your help, where can they find you? Easiest place right now is uh, Facebook. Awesome. That... So Alan Watts in Facebook. And yep, you're tagging that Facebook whole... post. And if that were to fall out of bed in any way, shape or form, if Mark Zuckerberg decides to upset too many people, then um, my website is uh, love-engineers.win. Awesome. So we're coming to the end of the podcast and I end all of the podcasts with the eight mile moment. So I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. Skinny is white, his mum lives in a trailer. Hi, my in the trailer. Um, so that the other opponent can't say bad things back to him. So, Alan, what are the worst things about you? Worst things about me? Oh, where do I start? Um, worst things about me is I am still very much on the journey of getting to know myself. I still don't have all my ducks in line. So... I get treated as easily as anybody else. So anyone that looks up to me says, oh, he's a coach. He has all this shit sorted. No, I don't. And nor does any other coach on the freaking planet. No, and if they say they do, they need more, way more. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. rather, Rather be authentic. Yeah, I say that a lot and people think that it's really wanky now. And I'm like, yeah, I can hear that. But I don't know how else to say it yet. I haven't found yeah. another word yet. It's like um, pivot. You can't say pivot anymore because it's too COVID. And journey makes me feel physically sick as well. But I don't know what other words to use for those either. So trip, I can that think... could have uh, different uh, meanings. <laughs> what can I have? To... Oh, trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not all on LSD right now. That would be a far more interesting um, COVID experience. Although it feels a little bit like we all did anyway yeah but thank you so much for being on the podcast alan and as always if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast you can contact us at info at find-surveyors.co.uk say goodbye alan goodbye <laughs>